You are now listening to the Beat Bodega, a music podcast. Music and talk for all you bitches. Enjoy. Eileen, welcome back. It's so nice to be back. Thanks again for having me. This is the first time you get all of us at one time. I know. I'm so excited. And the phrasing, the phrasing's already fucking up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> were, were you scared to come back after after the debacle of the sexy episode? No, I thought it was very funny listening to myself, and the the clip was what was even funnier. My expressions because I forgot that this is actually being recorded as in video, also. So yeah. The, was, your husband doesn't hate us, right? <laughs> no, okay. I think he decided not to listen to that episode. Right, good, good. Well, well done, sir. Well done. All right, Gilbert, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Getting, uh, you know, uh, was at the warp this weekend, so I'm a little tired. Not used to DJing four nights in a row. Look at that, dude. Welcome back to DJing. Yeah, apparently COVID doesn't exist in Miami, so. Come to Texas. Or Broward. Really... You're, you're in Broward. Or Broward, right? yeah, well, yeah. Broward, yeah. We won. We did it. <laughs> but Gilbert. Yes. I'm, ha- I'm, happy, uh, I'm happy you're DJing again, man. Thank you, man. I'm and, happy to. And of course, you're not going to ask me how like, I feel. I was just I would love to, you, to say how I feel. You relax. I was just, I was leaving the best for last, of course. Eric, how are you? I had a burrito today <laughs> and, and I'm feeling really gassy right now. So if I burp, <laughs> I apologize. I have no control. That's all right. We never have control on the show anyway, so it doesn't matter. Ask what me what I did this weekend. What did you do this weekend? I watched a show about fairies and it was fucking amazing. I watched it too. Winx. It's so good. <laughs> How good was that shit? The Winx saga. Give yes. it, this happened the last episode when both of them were together. <laughs> so it's totally made for 16 year old girls. Yeah. It was so good. I was and you. in. I was in from the opening montage. The fire wings were. That was amazing. Favorite. Although it did take a little bit too long for her to power up. You know, how about, how about we power up this episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fairies, bro. They made about a show about fairies and they were cool. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about something that's not cool. This is our breakup episode. Oof. That the purposely we brought Eileen in case any of us fall apart halfway through this episode. But all right. So, as usual, we each pick five songs. Uh, this time we'll have 20 because Eileen, Eileen was kind enough to uh, submit five. Like you guys, she didn't follow the rules. She picked six. I took one away because she picked the same song you did, Gilbert. Apparently, oh, all my... Wait, wait, no, I don't want to... Well, yeah, no, I don't want to... Yeah, nothing compares to you. Ah, good one. Come yeah. on. Yes. I had to make my list. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> Eric has chosen to be in the middle. So, we're not going to start with Eric. How about we're going to do the gentlemanly thing here and start with our guest. Of course. Um, Eileen, so you picked five breakup songs. Bring yeah. it. Bring it. So my first breakup song is Don't Speak by No Doubt. It came out in 1995. You and Gilbert are kindred spirits. Yeah, that was, that was originally going to be on my list too. This is scary. Oh, such a good one. So it was actually written with Gwen Stefani and her brother Eric. And then um, after her bandmate broke up with her, Tony Canal, she modified it to be a breakup song about him. They were together for seven years and uh, he broke up with her. And then she 
I, she modified the song. I thought it was interesting that she wrote it with her brother because that didn't <laughs> seem like what she would. Well, write it was. It was. Brother. Was it because of um, when when he was leaving? When he decided to leave the band, did that have anything to do with that, or was that? I think that they were just doing. They just wrote the song, and it, I don't think originally it was a breakup song. And then she modified it when when Tony broke up with her. Well, the the, he, the her brother was in the band. It was his band. Right. And so, he decided to pursue a career in animation. Yeah. But, yeah. I was just wondering if there was a, a correlation between that song and his leaving the band and to take a double break. Of course, ever, ever, ever the opportunist, a woman, a woman <laughs> takes the opportunity to just crush somebody and rub their face in it. We, we've, we've had this conversation before. Oh, fuck about, yeah, man. About, about, uh, not about that asshole. Well, <laughs> <laughs> talking about about the, the the song "Don't Speak," how that that's that, exactly that Tony. What I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about about crushing women or something. <laughs> no, no, you mean it's the other way around: women crushing men. Sorry, but right? then that because if a that, guy fucks up, it's on accident. Right. If yeah, a woman absolutely. does shit, it's out of fucking spite. Yeah, absolutely. There was hey, Eric, 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 the episode just started. There, there'll oh, sorry, be I'm already yeah, fucking it's you're very fired up. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be time for you. There'll be time for you, Eileen. I. I I really hope that you're on your therapy A game today because there's yes. a lot of hurt. <laughs> but, I know, um, I'm, I'm drinking water. Shit. I'm uh, drinking water so that yeah, we, we need yeah we need you stay sober. sharp. Yeah, we we need you sharp. <laughs> well, um, uh, but I was talking about that that Tony would have to play. You know, remember, this was at the peak of No Doubt, and he would have to play this song every damn day, and yeah. talking about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Tony Connaught, come on, buddy. How do you get? How do you break up with? Gwen Stefani, man. And having to see oh. her with Gavin Rosdale, it's like, yes, dude. Yeah. And now her new guy or whatever the, her fiance. Uh, he's got nothing on Gavin Rosdale. Oh, yeah. He definitely doesn't have anything on Gavin Rosdale. And the video, too. And he had to shoot that video with her after they had broken up. And in the song and the video, it's all about like their breakup. Well, in the video, she gets right up on his face to tell him, you know, like to, it's. Yeah, we I, I, this probably this is probably the third time we bring it up on this. Podcast. <laughs> now, was there a specific breakup that you had that this song connected with, or just in general as a breakup song? It was. I think that a lot of these songs just kind of mix mix up different breakups, and I can't remember which breakup. I'm sorry, I did have a lot of breakups in in my life, um, so I'm not. I don't remember exactly. I don't think in 1995 <laughs> I can up with anybody, but. I loved No Doubt and I, I love this song. So I probably could have listened to that song for any breakup after the song came out. So I'm, I'm nervous about this episode because we've only made it through one song. So, so, <laughs> so, so let's say out of 10 of your, your breakups, right? Your many breakups, let's say 10 occurred between when this song came out, was it like 95 to 2000? You would break up with a, with a person and then you'd put this on and it'll make you feel better. I think that it did. I mean, I think I think that it did, but I just love the song period, even if it wasn't I'm not like a very mushy song type of girl. Like I'm not a girl that loves slow songs and you know, I that's not really my thing. So when there's like a song that that really that I like that's that's more downbeat or that's slower, it's something that I just like and I'll probably listen to it even if I'm not going through a breakup I think it's just connecting to like that soulful kind of emotion that's like kind of sad it's, it's something that, yeah. that that song does so I I mean I just loved I love no doubt I've always loved no doubt and I love don't speak so 
I like not, that. not only just as a breakup song, it was just like a song I liked. I like that Eric is trying to psychoanalyze our therapist here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I want to know how people handle breakups, right? With music or this, just in general. I'm telling yeah. you. We've only done one song so far. <laughs> right. uh, this is going to go into a downward spiral about halfway through. And I would never psychoanalyze any of my friends. I, I wanted to say one thing that's interesting about something Eric that just said, how people kind of go through breakups. I have a lot of fun facts, but the first one Ooh. is when it goes to mute, when it comes to music, one of the things that happens psychologically is that we romanticize the relationship and basically what that means is that we think about all the good things that happened in the relationship versus the reality of it, which is like you think about the bad and the good. That's the more realistic point of view. Or when you're in the later stages of acceptance of the breakup, then you only think about the bad things. So um, I think it's interesting that a lot of times when people are listening to the breakup music, they're doing the romanticizing where they're kind of reliving all the good moments in the relationship and that has an addictive quality to it so that's one way that a lot of people deal with breakups listening to music and thinking about the good stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna interject here the fact that you said you have fun facts there'll be no fun facts this episode just <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be probably only fun to me it, it's gonna be straight pain oh my God. <laughs> i well all right, go go to your next song before we. <laughs> she thinks breakups are fun. Did anybody not pick up on that shit? <laughs> yeah, what, what the what? fuck is this? Yeah, no. the monster. Just wait, just wait. <laughs> All right, what's your what's your next song, Eileen? All right, my ne this next one is not from personal experience. I promise you, but before he cheats by Carrie Underwood, it's one of the best ever breakup songs of a woman scorn that has been cheated on and i have some of my favorite lyrics to this this isn't the one where she scratches the guy's pickup right that's the one fuck yep. that shit that is the cruelest <laughs> fucking song i've ever heard <laughs> no so I'll, I'll, hold on before you continue country women like the, the very few country songs that i know are so vindictive like miranda lambert that song kerosene Yes. Bitch burns down the whole video. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and we talked about don't speak. She's right up on homeboy's grill. The, like women are vengeful, man. Kelly Clarkson destroying the apartment. Yeah. Although since you've been gone, it's a happy tune, at least for me. That's a good, that's a good track. I gotta post yeah, a video a that I sent you, one. Eric. I gotta post a video that I sent you of the guy singing that to his ex girlfriend. All right, I want to hear these lyrics because all, right. all I remember is her keying the guy's car, and that shit pissed me off. These are my favorite lyrics. I mean, the whole entire song has amazing lyrics that are put together so precisely and so perfectly. Um, so this is, but these are my favorite. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four wheel drive, carved my name into his leather seats. I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights, slashed a hole in all four tires. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. Pretty sure she go to jail for that. And and, <laughs> and you love these lyrics? <laughs> I love these lyrics because I I mean the truth is is that I've never found out of someone cheating on me while I was with them. I found out way after we had broken up. But I think that you know if something like that was to happen to me, I did play softball for ten years, 
And I don't know if I would ever go through with it, but I could definitely visualize and fantasize getting a bat and just going to town on the Have person. you ever destroyed property or a, no. or a gift know, from that person that you broke up? But she's romanticized about it. I have definitely fantasized about it. I am not a really, I don't have that much fight in me as far as like breaking things or, but I can definitely fantasize about taking a bat to someone's car if they cheat on me. Especially then, because I play softball for 10 years. I mean, it's not like <laughs> if I've never held a bat. So. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you know how there's physical abuse and there's mental abuse? I think Eileen leans on the side of mental destruction. <laughs> I think, I like, think that's what's happening here. I don't think we should have ever had this show, and I hate that I came on. <laughs> I'm already getting bitter. <laughs> All right, I like quick. Go to your next song. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that if you're no, 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 and no, you're no. the lyrics of that song, it's just like it's great. Okay, it's brutal. No, I I came for battle today. <laughs> Somebody that I used to know, I think it was on your um, One Hit Wonders. Yeah, Gilbert's songs. Yes. So that song, I just think is a great, great breakup song. Uh, it came out in 2011. I just think it's one of those songs that really makes you think about when you break up with someone that you're so close to them and you've shared so much and you've been intimate, emotionally, physically. They've been such a big part of your life, sometimes such a big part of your family's life. No, we lost everything. And I used to know it's such a weird kind of dynamic where... Um, where they go from being like this important part of your life to just being somebody that you walk away from. And I think that song really captures that. It doesn't say so much. The lyrics aren't anything brilliant, but I just think that um, that just those words, like now you're somebody that I used to know is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, what's your, what's your next song? <laughs> oh, we lost her again. All right, so we're going to take this time to make sure Eric's okay, Eric. Yeah, dude, this is like, I, I didn't think I was going to get like so are, uh are you, getting some, are you getting some uh, some anxiety? Oh, my gosh. Right. Okay. All right, back. You're back. You're back. We lost you for a second, Eileen. Welcome back. We were just oh. totally talking shit about you while you were gone. Man, I knew that you guys got, you, you're ganging up on me on this episode. We're, like, we're purposely pausing you. Yeah. <laughs> what you fucking said, dude? <laughs> no, no. All right, so what's your next song? My next song is Rolling in the Deep um, by Adele. And I think it's a song that introduced Adele, at least to me and, and probably to many, many listeners. That was her first number one hit in the U.S. It was number one for, I think, seven weeks in a row. And um, it's basically a song talking about what could have been if uh, the, the guy had stayed with her or, you know, if the, the partner had stayed with her. And I just think it's, it's a song um, that's also about one of the stages of breaking up where you kind of think, you know, all these things could have happened and now you walked away and these things are, are not going to happen. And it's kind of a way of her rubbing it in his face, like saying, you know, you could have had all these things, but now you're not because you left, right? Or we could have had all these things together. So, and of course, Adele, I mean, one of those, the most beautiful, soulful, singers of, of our times anything that she's saying well, is just amazing wasn't her entire album like a breakup with an actual like with the, her ex yeah like yeah yeah. yeah yeah so every song that she wrote was a breakup song in the spoiler beginning spoiler alert i got adele coming too so <laughs> <laughs> these guys obviously didn't that's why the relationship didn't last yeah. but uh 
Was that that was your fourth or your fifth? That's a fourth. That's my fourth. All right. And then my fifth one is um, Same Old Love by Selena Gomez. It came out in 2015. And um, it was written by Charlie XCX and Ross. There you go, Eric. Hold on, hold on. I know. There you go, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) She's my favorite. And I really like that song. You know, I, I, I think that the way that she sings it is different than the other more pop, um, higher, like higher notes, I guess. But she usually sings in like this uh, happier tone. But in that in that song, it's kind of like a raspier, more pissed off sound. And it goes perfectly with with the whole tone of the song and the, the lyrics. And it's basically about her being in this relationship, which is toxic. Um, and it says that the song is supposed to represent like any relationship that's toxic that you just kind of stay in, even when you know that things are not not going well in the relationship, that the relationship isn't healthy, but you're just in love with the person or you're comfortable with them. So you just stay with them and um, oftentimes destroying a lot of both of your mental health. Uh, and she also Hold on. Started- you called it, Eric. That's what she's focused on is fucking up the mental. <laughs> no, I think that happens anytime. Do you, do, you, do you see the concern in my best friend's face right now? Yes. <laughs> this was about Justin Bieber, right? Was this one about Justin Bieber? I, I think it was. It, it, I, mean, I think it, it, it was around that time, yeah. He didn't come out and say it, but I remember that she performed it in one of the award shows and everybody was like, ooh, you know, everybody knew it was directed at him. And um, she also said that it was... Um, about her relationship with her dad, which I thought was interesting. No, that, that's, Eileen, that was a strong list. Um, oh, I have an honorable mention. Do oh, it. You cheated. <laughs> you, you're listening to these guys on the podcast way too much. Not following instructions, adding extra songs. Go ahead. I know what the tricks are. I know what the tricks uh, are. Um, I, th- I don't know if anybody else picked it. So if, I, if they did, I just won't say anything. Go ahead. Um, total eclipse of the heart. I oh, I almost did. I almost did. Go ahead. Did Gilbert pick it? No, no, no I no, picked no, it. No, no, I, no. I'm gonna. I, well, again. Let's talk about it because I don't have much on it. No, I no, just, no. I, 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 I'll, I'll go through the gambit of emotions that I went through putting this list together. And can, so can you please to, talk about to. your two versions? Right, you're gonna you're gonna go over that too because yeah, I did like that game too. So. All right. All right, Gilbert. Oh, if, if, I have one thing about Total Eclipse. I'll, I'll give you Total Eclipse of the Heart. That was a song I'd fall asleep to every night when I had this unrequited relationship with someone. <laughs> and I would fucking play that song. And it was one of these compilations. It had that and making love out of nothing at all. Oh, oh that's a good one. And I would that. play these songs back to back until I pass out. And I don't know why. I was just weird like that. But yeah. <laughs> So the first time I heard that song, I was on a yellow school bus in summer camp. Was it short? <laughs> I was about to say, was it the short bus? <laughs> uh, Eric, were we on a short yellow bus? <laughs> yes, we totally were. <laughs> Why? Don't worry about it. We had, we're special needs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not, so not really. We just happened to be on a bus and it was short and yellow. But go ahead. <laughs> So um, I was on the way 
come I was on the way to a field trip in summer camp and I was about 11 years old and there was a girl in the older group and she was about 14 years old and she had just broken up with her boyfriend and she's leaning on the glass on the bus with her headphones in and her Walkman in her hand and just bawling and the the sound was so loud that I could hear the song and that was how I first heard oh we lost her in the middle of the, the song and she oh. just kept playing it over and over and just like crying did you what did, what, what did I say no we got it about no, we, got girl? It. Yeah, yeah. we got it yeah, but yeah. there was a cool part that you were in slow motion which was cool oh that she <laughs> you guys get that yeah <laughs> she just kept playing the song over and over again um and i can hear it coming out of the headphones on her walkman and that was the first time i heard the song and i just thought to myself like how can somebody be so upset over a breakup i just didn't understand at that age how devastating but just seeing her face and the song and that moment it, it just captured like the essence of like almost the most horrible breakup ever and I- I think she's only she had only been dating the guy for a week too. <laughs> it probably wasn't even a long term relationship. Just during during summer camp, you just really feel shit when you're younger, right? Like as you get older, like you become a jaded fuck, and you like every you, you. I guess you start dying inside. But when you're young and those first few breakups, it's like fucking end of the world type shit, man. Yeah, that's true. So the most the highlight of your statement was you don't know how and when you said when you were that young you don't know how anybody could feel that way over a breakup well enjoy the tour we're going to take you there now so gilbert if you don't mind no go ahead I, go ahead I, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll back clean up today so um i wrote like five different lists i went through a gambit of emotions so I, I hold everything inside until it gets to a boiling point and then I let it all out. So at one point, I was so inspired that I even had to call Eric and tell him, you know, this is it. This is my rage part. No. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly run through the other list that I wrote. The, the first two and then... Hey, hold on. Before you move on, Eileen, this is your opportunity to call him a cheater now. Yeah. you For naming cheated. other songs. You... you- <laughs> You exile one of no, mine. No. I'm not. No, I'm not giving out facts. I'm just. Run, I, it's part of the fact that this is the emotional whirlwind that I went through putting together this list. My original list was a little bit. What's calm? It was Holland Oates. She's gone. Phil Collins against all odds. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Fleetwood Mac. Go your own way. And then Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Oh, that was, that was list number one. Then I started remembering how upset I would get. And then it went to Taking Back Sunday, Your Soul Last Summer, Bouncing Souls, Wish Me Well, Dropkick Murphy's Dirty Glass, Jimmy World Pain, and Blink-182, Stay Together for the Kids. So those are all punk songs. And then then it came to me where I said, I'm going to run through a whole list of different emotions. So... Now, there's only one song that I think personifies what every R&B singer really wants to say in a song. And this gentleman was brave enough to put this song together. Now, the song that I'm referring to 
is Iman, fuck it. <laughs> so now you may not remember the gentleman's name, but it was played like a thousand times when we were in high school on uh, Power 96. I'm just going to read you the lyrics, and there's no lyric in the history of music that solidifies a breakup more than this song, and I commend Iman for putting this together and having the balls to write it. And he says, and I quote, Fuck what I said. I don't mean shit now. Fuck the presents. Might as well throw them out. Fuck all those kisses. They didn't, they didn't mean Jack. Fuck you, you hoe. I don't want you back. Whoa. <laughs> you remember that? You guys remember that song? Regular Langston Hughes, that guy. Yeah. You, you, you don't remember that video, that song? I do remember it, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, you hoe. I don't want you back. Oh, you don't remember that song? Okay. I do remember it now. So that's what every R&B song is really telling you. It's instead of being, you know, poetic and, and, and you know, using metaphors. No, this guy just went straight to it and said, fuck you. Fuck your kisses. They didn't mean shit. Fuck your presents. Take them all back. Fuck you, you hoe. I don't want you back. Now, this the song, <laughs> the song uh, became popular because of you know how explicit it was, and then uh, there was actually a female comeback to that song by this artist Frankie, and it was the song was called "Fuck You Right Back," but she gained notoriety because she was saying that she was his ex-girlfriend and she wrote the song, but it turns out it wasn't true. Uh, she just capitalized off of his song and the only relationship they ever had was he okayed it, you know, you know, so, so they could use the beat. And then he actually gets partial credit for writing the song. And then, you know, his last statement was says, Hey, look, man, I'm getting paid off of their 15 minutes of fame. Now, granted, he only had 15 minutes of fame too, but you know, that was, that's how I started off this, uh, this list. And then probably one the hip hop king of breakup songs is Eminem featuring Rihanna. I love the way you lie. Now, if you followed Eminem's career, almost 50% of his songs are about breaking up with Kim. It was more about killing her than breaking more about, up. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be subtle. Yeah. That was so <laughs> now, you know, the guy is a modern day poet and you, it's, you listen to the song and you, you know, you get caught up in the melody of Rihanna and then, you know, he has a nice cadence to, you know, to what he raps and, but this is a, an excerpt from the song that I would like to read and it goes as follows. Next time, there'll be no next time. I apologize, even though I know this is these are lies. I'm tired of these games. I just want her back. I know I'm a liar. Even if she tries to fucking leave again, I'ma tie her in the bed and set the house on fire. Words only Eminem could, could put together. Eric, don't look concerned. <laughs> <laughs> now... Again, you go through this maze of emotions. You go through, you know, you're, you're about to break up. You're losing your mind. And then I, I bring it back. I tone it back down with uh, the gentle lyrics of uh, One Republic with Apologize. I didn't, I put the original version, not the Timberland version, which they both sound the same almost. Um, 
So it, the songs, it's just about pain and, and going through a relationship and the necessity to move on. It, it's a very simple song. Not a, not a lot of wordplay in the song. Um, now, we're, what's what amazed me about the song when I was researching is the song had a 25-week run in the U.S. Top 10, and it was the longest... It was the longest any song had been in the top 10 since 1999. That, that, yeah, I remember that song was everywhere. It was everywhere. And, and the, the video didn't hurt. No, the video did not hurt. It was Megan Fox. Uh, yeah. And, but um, previously to that, uh, it was Rob Thomas's Smooth featuring Santana that had lasted 30 weeks. Um, but but I, I, I didn't realize that, that. I knew it was a popular song, but... Since 1999, no song had lasted that long in, in uh, you know, in the top ten, in the U.S. top ten. So again, that was a nice, subtle song. Which is the one that had Megan Fox, the one without Timberland, or the one with? Timberland? Oh, you're talking about "Apologize." No, I was talking about the um, the Eminem song. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, but um, yeah. So, wait, wait which one had the Megan Fox in it? Love, love the way you lie. Love the way you lie. Eric is like, please tell me. Yeah, so she's just been in the news lately because of her relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. And there is a 90210 tie-in with this show. Too. No, that's okay. No, so it's fun. Yes, there is. You brought up <laughs> Megan Fox. I did not. Bring, took... Gilbert did. I didn't bring up Megan Fox. Gilbert did. You brought in the video. Gilbert did. Right? And she was married to Brian Austin Green, who was on 90210. There it is. This is true, and um, and your other girlfriend's in that video too, obviously Rihanna. So, what is it right. called? I'm lying to myself. No, love the no. way you lie. I love the love way, the you, way lie. you lie. That's such a great song. It is. And then uh, we had talked about it last week that that he uh, Eminem wrote that um, with her in mind, and then you know had her sing the chorus, um, but. Oh well, I'm, now that you brought it up, I'm bring a. I use a fun fact, Eileen. So, like most of his songs, everybody thought you know yet another song about Kim. Uh, it actually wasn't. Um, the uh, the singer and the songwriter for the original way it was recorded was Skylar Gray, mm -hmm. and um, it was based on an on a an abusive relationship that she had, and then Eminem tied it into his and Rihanna's tumultuous relationships. And then that's when he came up with the song, but it was mainly inspired by Skylar Gray's own problems in her, in her relationship. Um, now, another, another great song about a, a man taking a stand and realizing, look, bitch, this is what happens, is uh, the, the great Justin Timberlake, who just celebrated a, a birthday yesterday. Uh, what goes around comes around which is a lot of people treat it as the sequel to Cry Me a River. Um, the song, according to Justin Timberlake, is not about Britney. Oh. Uh, so the song, it actually has a better story, Eric, and you'll appreciate this one. So uh, let me, I'll, I'll go through this real quick. So the song was said uh, to be Timberlake, um, written by Timberlake about the betrayal of forgiveness as described in, by some of the music critics as a sequel to Crimea River. Now, it was obviously speculated that Timberlake was talking about his ex-girlfriend. Not the case. Justin Timberlake explained that the song was written for his best friend, Trace Ayala, 
who was dating the actress uh, Elijah Cuthbert. Mm. Trace let a friend crash at his place, but his friend took up with Miss Cuthbert, something Ayala found out from tabloids. So, there, there you go. Can we talk about Britney and Justin and how it affected me? Uh, please do. All right. Do you remember when they came out with the whole Michael Jackson um, that there was like two two childhood uh, performers that came out against and it was what Dream of Neverland, Finding Neverland. Yeah. That they said yes. Michael Jackson abused. Horrible. There was a point where one of the kids, like I couldn't, I had a hard time accepting, believing the guy, because he was responsible for the Justin and Britney breakup. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was dancer? he was there. He what was his name? The, it was he, the guy that had the dance show, right? The dancer. Yeah, the cor- he was the choreographer, the choreographer. Yeah. and Jordan he Sparks? called Justin. What was his name? Jordan Sparks. No, no, no. No, no that's um, a girl. Dude, what was I? Don't, I whatever. I it was one of the kids, and I just remember hearing the story that he called up Justin, and he's like, "Yo, dude, I slept with your girl," and it's like, man, what a move that was. Like, yeah. And I was kind of bitter that Justin aired. Oh my god, I'm so fucking gay. <laughs> that when he came out with "Cry Me a River," that he aired out all that. That you know he put put that all out there. Like, yo, man, I don't know. Don't capitalize off your breakups, you know, especially when it's been so public. No, yeah, that's you know, nice. he's an artist, and I guess that's how you release. Yeah, but what what didn't didn't they point out that? I mean. And I'm sorry because we're jumping totally off subject. Sorry. But, <laughs> no, but for, I can't. Rem- I can't remember. I'm trying to find the guy's name. But I also remember that he was kind of discredited in that documentary because he was trying to be the choreographer for Michael Jackson's last tour, and the family says like, "No, we're good," and they didn't give him the job, and he got pissed about it. Wade Robson was Wade. Ro- Wade Robson. Wade Robson. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I just thought it was uncool. Like, why would you call the dude's girlfriend to tell him that? Like. After you did it, if you did it, keep your mouth shut, bro. No, or don't do it in the first place. Well, yeah, it, it, but uh, apparently, like he has a shady past. Like he's oh for real. Yeah. Well, like I well, said, like I, before before this Finding Neverland documentary came out, he wanted to be the choreographer for Michael Jackson's last show, and the family said no, we don't need okay. you. And then they believed that that was kind of his retaliation mm. towards that. But all right. And uh, last, like a whole, like a whole episode on that show, um, but I, I thought it was really difficult to watch, especially loving Michael Jackson as much as I did. I do think that there was some truth to it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The stories, the way that that they were told, I, I think that there was some truth, which was devastating. And I mean, I, I don't know if I will ever listen to Michael Jackson without thinking about that documentary, unfortunately, but yeah, I, no, and, and the way the, the, the manipulation of the parents, right? I mean, you know, everybody's talking about the parents, how could they let that happen? And, you know, it, they, they go in depth about that, how, yeah. how he, um, he was one person to the parents and he, he would play like the child to the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the well, fi- he'd lower their defenses and right? how, he, how easy it was for the parents to say, yeah, go spend time again. Then we're just thinking financial outcome. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I was talking about Justin Timberlake. The so wow, well, Pat Janet I, Jackson, right? And that song "Control." No, I was talking about Justin. Okay. <laughs> so my last song is uh, "Sunflower" by Post Malone featuring Sway Lee, which 
it's funny because I always thought it was just a fun song that I heard on the Spider-Man soundtrack. And but paying attention to the lyrics, it's a deep ass song. So they kind of uh, Sway Lee and Post Malone split it up in two different types of relationships. So Sway Lee talks about how you know it's with all the money that he made, uh, you know, keeping a girl, you know, sexually satisfied and 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 balling out. He didn't realize. You know, it was, you know, he wasn't taking the relationship seriously, you know, and then Post Malone's verse is talking about how he's dedicated so much to his career that he's losing touch with his relationship. You know, it was, I didn't realize how deep the song was until I heard it again. And, you know, like, and then it's one, I think the kid's talented. I think Post Malone's talented as shit, but I, I really like the two different perspectives from two different celebrities talking about relationships, how one wasn't taking a relationship seriously because, you know, he was, he was all about the limelight and then, you know, the financial success and, and, and post Malone's one is he's talks about a relationship. Like I wish I could commit to you, but I'm, I'm so focused on my career. I don't have time for you. Um, which is, you know, it's it's a it's a sad it's a sad way to look at it. You know, like it's I'm I'm gonna get it personal here, Eileen. So pull out the it's unfortunately it's part of that I understand uh, because unfortunately I I work in a career that's extremely time consuming and and you know and I'm away a lot and and a lot of relationships that I lost is because of time. You know and. And it's hard to balance, um, or for somebody like me, quality of life and work. Like it's so I really kind of connected to to Post Malone's verse, and you know, and I think anybody that lives that way knows in the back of their mind, like I, I'm I'm losing all of this, but I don't know how to control it. And then you realize that it's you kind of get into this vicious cycle of constantly losing relationships because you're so consumed with career, even though you don't want to be. And it's hard for you to explain to another person, look, I, I love you more than anything. I just can't stop myself from, you know, for lack of a better term, being a workaholic and, and, and doing this because I feel like this is what I need to do. But and before I get too personal, those were my five. And well, I think it's really insightful and it shows a lot of awareness on your part. I mean, definitely relationships need time and energy. So sometimes it's it's not in line with what you want, but it's definitely in line with what a relationship needs, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, and it was like I said, I I I when I reheard the song and paid attention to what he said, like it it, it it kind of hurt me because I mean, that's how I've lost almost every relationship I've been in. It's just, you don't have time. And, and, and you think you've provided enough time, but then you realize, you know, the majority of my memories are all work. You know, this person's right. I haven't given them the time that they deserve. And, and you don't, you don't want to be that way, but you don't know how to be any other way, but we'll move on. This will be a sidebar. I'll pay for this session. Eileen, when we sit down and talk about it, but, uh, <laughs> Eric wanted to be the sandwich in the middle. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, I tend to be an emotional cripple. 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever been loved as much as I've been obsessed with relationships or the idea of what a relationship is and can be. Um, so I'm going to go through my songs and it's, these aren't tied into specific relationships, but more uh, moments in time in those relationships and after those relationships. Um, so it could be while I was in it or while I was out. And I'm going to start with Black, and I'll let you decide where in the relationship that fell. That fell. So um, I guess we can make a little game out of this. <laughs> All right. My first song is Pearl Jam, and the, the title of the song is Black. And the one specific part, it comes after the last chorus at the end of the song, um, where he's uh, uh, all the love, all the love gone, bad turn, my world uh, to black, tattooed all I see, all that I am, all that I'll be. And then he goes into the bridge and he has one of the lines that I, it's, I think it's one of Eddie Vedder's greatest lines. Um, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be, be a star in somebody else's sky, but why? Why, why can't it be mine? And I felt that about a person, like I knew that it wasn't gonna work with us, you know, and, and she was amazing and that she was gonna find that happiness with somebody else. So that's a, it's, I don't know if it's a breaks, breakup song or it's something you hear later and you're like, yeah, been there, done that. I thought you, I thought you were gonna go with uh, his greatest lyric, lyric, the boxer in the bag. <laughs> so, so, so Gilbert, so the boxer is every bag. Hey, hey, I could put I that it. in a relationship because I I've been the bag and I've been the boxer, right? Like we all tend to to paint ourselves as the as a victim when things don't work out. But if you really go back and take a look, there's shit that you do that you might not be aware that you're doing. And in my case, I know I could be super cold. Like I could sell you the world one day. And the next day, it's like, you don't even exist. Like, why the fuck are you touching me? It's like some fucking extreme shit like that. So the next song is also by Project. Really yeah, more. I don't even comment on any of these things that you're saying. I can, too, by the way. Oh, please do. That's why yes. you're here. Please okay, interject. Let's just get through this list. All right. <laughs> and <laughs> so this one's, our, um, you know, it starts off. I took a drive to, to today, tried to emancipate, right? Time to emancipate. And he's pretty much talking about just driving away from a, a fucking toxic relationship, you know, where he states like, you know, it was the beatings that made me wise and that constant abuse. And again, you know, we might, I might be being abused, but I could be the abuser. And this is not physical. There's just like a lot of mental stuff and these arguments that sometimes happen in volatile relationships. Cause I've been a part of those where it is the most intense relationship. Um, when it's good, it's the most incredible thing in the world. But you know, once it just slips, it's like, oh shit! Like, yeah, well, when it's bad, it's bad. This is bad, and it's it's one of those things. And 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 it's it also comes at the very end of the song when you could just tell he's gunning because it's 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 him in a car, right? You remember? And he's gunning it, and he's saying, "Saw things, I saw things so much clearer once I had you in my rearview mirror." Like now that I'm I'm far away from you, I could see what the fuck that was, you know. And and it comes back to what Eileen was saying about how um oh fuck I just lost my train of thought and I had it right there that you know with with music how we sometimes romanticize it right like when we're with it we we have a tendency to always focus on the good shit, man and 
And it's good shit that maybe happened once for the 10 bad things that happened. But we'll only see the good things, right? And and we'll try to come back to it. And this is going to lead into my second song, where we try to come back to it and it'll be a good uh, few months. And then it just comes back to that same relationship loop. So my next song is Face to Face, a punk band. And the song is called I'm Not Afraid. You know, and it's it's about not wanting a second chance. But guess what? That's exactly where I am, right? Where I didn't want to be, but where I knew you'd find me out, right? So this song is more about, it, it is a relationship, but it's, it's, it's me looking into the mirror where, you know, like, am I strong enough to walk away from this relationship? Because I've also been in relationships where I guess, not that I, I, I didn't have the courage to walk away, but I was in a relationship where, and it's weird because when this song comes on and it's one of my favorite face-to-face songs, I sing it and there's like, I sing it with passion because it's, it's something where, where you wake up and you realize like, um, I'm not afraid of you. And when, when I'm saying that, I'm not afraid to be myself because I tend to get lost in relationships. You see me, I become about the other person and I'll disappear. And like, who am I, who am I going to be without you? Like, am I, a, am I something separate without you? So that's my face to face, beautiful song. Good. I'm going through these really quick. So are you, can you guys picture where these things are happening in the relationship and what part, like, are you able to see that? Yeah, sort of, I was trying to let, no, no. let me go down. I can relate to some of that. All right. And then this one's going to hurt. It's a little call, song called Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Oh, goodness. That's a and good This is the first time I ever watched, I ever, I ever felt heartbreak. Let me preface that. You guys ever seen a show called, um, what was it? Uh, it was with Brian Ben Ben, and it was a little kid that would watch TV and then he dream on, dream, dream on. on. I thought you were gonna go with the, the 902 one episode. Hold on, I'm again, <laughs> I'm prefacing that. So, prefacing, how do you say that? Preface, 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 prefacing, right? So, I, I tend to, to, to kind of romanticize a lot of situations, or not even romanticize, but um, televise a lot of situations in my life. Like I think you could give that good old speech to pump up the crowd. Stupid dreamer thing that I have inside me. So the first time I, I experienced real heartache, it was when Brenda and Dylan Walsh broke up on 90210. Oh, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> hey, it was 1992. Wait, my favorite part was Eileen was ready. She was, her eyes were focused and then you dropped Brenda. <laughs> Go ahead. And Brenda... Pain. could not stop listening to losing my religion over mm-hmm. and over and over and it was borderline psychotic cut to what i was telling you earlier there was a time in high school when i had a a relate it was an unrequited relationship and i would listen to fucking totally clips of the heart and uh making love out of nothing at all like brenda walsh so i understood her pain <laughs> And it carried on for those two years. All right. And also, I did find out that losing my religion is a Southern expression for being at the end of one's rope. Like, it's it's when um, politeness gives way to anger. Like, I'm fucking fed up. That's what losing my religion is. So interesting. Makes, I love nice. that song. That makes know. sense. Makes sense. There are a bunch of Georgia boys. 
And finally, my last song on the list, and I, I guess I'll set this up, and it was a friend of mine that, that once told me, although he's not in a good place right now, he said, Eric, if you love something, let it go. And if it doesn't come back to you, you hunt it down and kill it. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. So think of that when I play this, the, when you listen to this last song and it's Tiffany, I think we're alone now. <laughs> and, and it plays out like the whole song, it, it, it's, you know, we're running just as fast as we can, holding on to one another's hand, right? We're, we're trying to get away into the night. I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. There's another verse where it says, look at the way we got to hide what we're doing. Because what would they say if they ever knew? So this would be my ideal way of saying, if I can't have you, nobody can. At the very end, it just keeps repeating. I think we're alone now. The beating <laughs> of our hearts is the only sound. Has her, her heart just starts you know slowly Jeez, fading as ben, i strangle the life out of her horror movie i <laughs> ever thought of that Holy song. Hey, hey, Gilbert, so I, now I think, listen to i think we're alone now with that way that shit is a fucking murder song no. <laughs> Gilbert, i think we're good i think you and i could step away from that <laughs> yeah Whoa. so those are my songs i, I thought i, I how is that a breakup song? You killed a girl you broke up that broke up with you? That's the ultimate breakup. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, why should she go on living? Like, look, <laughs> if I can't have you, no one can, Eileen. Oh my God. You understand? Did Gilbert just say that's the ultimate breakup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to hear some crazy shit? Again. Because that wasn't crazy enough. <laughs> there was a point in my life where I thought the ultimate like my idea of an idea, oh God, God, I'm a sick fuck, of an ideal relationship would be, and this is like just me being at my most dramatic, like you guys know me, you know I, I'm crazy, right? Like, I, not that I'm crazy, but my mind wanders a lot. And I always wanted, okay, this would be a perfect relationship where I fall in love with the girl, it's awesome. I have a kid and then she gets hit by the bus you know, while, while it's, we're still good or, or, you know, or she dies during childbirth, right? Like the relationship is still good. And I love her. Although I don't want her to die during childbirth because then I might blame the kid for it. So maybe she gives birth to the kid and, you know, on the way back from the hospital, we get into a car accident she dies, the baby lives, you know, like I had those good moments. There's never going to be the lulls after. Cause you know, when kids come into the picture, it gets harder. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest setup of all time. <laughs> it's chestnut checkers. Eileen <laughs> oh was so terrified right now. I was thinking it's like, I, like, I, a, like I, a song I, from the Smiths. It sounds like everything that Eric just said is like lyrics from a from a Smith song. No, just the double decker bus, but that only kills that kills the both of us. That kills the both of us. I don't want to die by her side. I want her and to die and I go living. A girlfriend. With the kid. Oh, thank God that I... That, okay. in, a, in a coma. Uh, girlfriend, I know. I know it's serious. I, there was times when I could have murdered her. Eric, that was, that was brave pushing the envelope. I, 
I was so afraid that she was going to have you committed. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm probably the same one here, wore, guys. Like, my, my most goth top today because I felt like it was going to get dark. So. Like mini pearl? <laughs> like my most like little goth top because I felt like <laughs> things were going to get dark. You, sh- you should have borrowed Gilbert's makeup. Yeah. I know. I uh, thought about it. I, you know, I, I, I wanted to dress goth today, too. I wanted to paint my nails black also. That would have been fun. <laughs> I know. Done like the... No, what would have been cool is if you would have showed up with, like with a veil, uh, <laughs> treated it like it was a funeral for rest in peace. Nah, but you know, it was it was funny. I was having this conversation the other day, and and I'm I'm really serious. Like, I don't know if I've ever really been in love as as much as I've been like really passionate or obsessed with the person at the time, because it's so fucking hot and cold with me. Like, and I'm trying. Like, I guess my longest relation was like five years, and that was. That was the worst. And ever since that one, it's kind of never been the same. So it's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, I don't I know. Think, I think one of the things that I want to say real quick, even though this is another topic that I could probably talk on forever, but uh, I think many times people are in love addicted relationships, which is basically codependency. And uh, there's this cycle of love avoidant and love addict. And usually one person is more avoidant and the other person is more addict, but those roles can switch at any time and I think a lot of toxic relationships are love addicted relationships and they're very very serious people when they're in these relationships it could even lead to suicide and it could lead uh, to some very serious things so for anybody that feels that they're in a love addicted relationship or a toxic relationship that they need to get out I recommend a really good book called Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody and it really describes that love addict cycle where you're an avoidant and then you're an addict and you know that the person is bad and unhealthy for you, but you continue coming back and go through these bouts of good times, but then it goes to like these very dark places and it really takes away your self-identity, your self-esteem. Many times it leaves you powerless and that's part of the difficulty in breaking up. So no, that is not love. That is unhealthy. That is not what you want in a relationship. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an addiction, like you said. Yeah. It's, and how much of it is influenced by the models you had in your life, right? Like what you see and what you find, what you define as normal. Yes. And those things too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's, it's amazing how, how your body reacts or your brain reacts to that you think it's love. And it's not love. You, you just become, you're right you become dependent of that person. And to something that you said earlier, Eric, is you don't know what you are without that person, you know, because you, you be, like every addict, you're no longer an addict or you're, yeah. you're walking away from this addiction, but you kind of lose your identity in the middle of it. It's I, luckily I've never, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where I feel like it's addicting, but I've seen, I've seen friends of mine go through it where like, you know, dude, that person's bad news. Why don't you see it? You know, or you kind of walk away and, and they can't let it go. You know, like I said, luckily I've never been in a relationship like that. It's another psychological issue that I have where, you know, I tend to pull myself away even though I don't want to. But it's it, those, you're right. Those those are the scary ones. Those, those relationships that you see, because then they start talking about, I can't live without her. Or I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh no, I, I've never. Just for the record, I've never got. I, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> okay, just in case. Wasn't talking about you. <laughs> no. I, I think I definitely had uh, some toxic love addicted relationships 
when I was younger. And I think that uh, some of it was influenced by Hollywood because a lot of the movies that we see and a lot of the even Disney movies, it's, it's you know, this whole thing about being saved by somebody or um, the thought of being completed by someone like Jerry Maguire, you complete me. You know, that's really unhealthy because a, a true healthy relationship is two individual people that are taking care of the, their own things and taking care of their own mental health, which share their lives together and continue taking care of their individuality. That's a healthy relationship. But I think that when you're younger, at least for me, I, I believe that relationships was just getting lost in this person and kind of blending the two emotions of the people, right? Like you and the person you're with, it's like this blended thing where you complete each other, you're in charge of making the other person happy or the other person is in charge of making you happy. And that's very toxic. That's really how the love addiction starts because it, it creates that dependency. And it, it, even just the whole like vision of, of fighting. Oh no, that means that there's, there's fire in a relationship. You know, that, that's a good thing that, you know, if, if you have a, a, um, a relationship that's even keel, like, no, no, there's something missing there. Like it's almost encouraged. Like, no, you don't, you guys don't fight. And it's looked down upon you guys don't fight or anything like that. Like relax, dude. It's so yeah. weird because you have so many, so many people feeding into you too. Right. Cause then there's the outside perspective. People love to comment on things too. Yeah. But, that, but that's with everything. That's what, that's with everything. People don't know when to put the fuck out of things, but I mean, this is, um, like I, I have been in a toxic relationship before, but it, it's those, not, not the addictive part, just that, you know, before you even open the door, you know, you know, you got to put on the war paint because it's going to be a battle. And, and it, it's, it's so physically exhausting, you know, because it, it's, because the mental weight is so much that by the time you fit like it, it, it's just, it ruins everything. Like you're exhausted. You mentally, you're drained, physically you're drained. And then, but you know, it, it, those also seem like it's hard to walk away from. And then when you finally walk away from it, it's the, the tons of weight that's lifted off your shoulders and you finally get to breathe. And then I wonder if, if in those addicted relationships, once you pull them away, and you give them time to rehab from the relationship, do they, do they feel that relief after? Or, or is it, you, do you kind of got to wean it off like a drug? I'm asking you, Eileen. I, I, like I said, I've never been in an, addictive, in an addictive relationship. I mean, I think that it's usually one of the two people will actually stick with the breakup that sometimes takes a really long time to happen because if both people are love addicted, which usually it happens that way, whether you're the avoidant or the addict, you're still addicted because it's more about the dynamic of the relationship. So a lot of times people that are in love addicted relationships will break up and get back and break up and get back and finally get to a place where something really bad happened. Like, you know, they showed up at their house and, you know, sometimes like, like these things are so these relationships become so explosive that things happen that, that cause a real issue where, you know, maybe somebody could even get like a restraining order or something like that. It gets to the point that that things escalate. It, it, it feeds to relationships that escalate into more serious things that could happen. Right. Right. Oh, I mean, I think that there's help for it. That's why I didn't want to mention the book, Facing Love Addiction. There's a lot of resources online, too. I think um, 
being in a love addicted relationship only gets worse over time. So the sooner you could get out of it, the better it is because that's the sooner that you can start rehabbing, like as far as your own uh, emotional health and taking care of yourself. But, but yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult. When I work with people that are in, in love addicted relationships, we kind of uh, come up with a plan where I focus on empowering the individual and we say, okay, how long do you think it's going to take three months? And for those three months, we'll just work on empowering the individual where they start focusing on themselves, trying to separate like their feelings from the person's feelings, because when you're in a love addicted in mesh relationships, there's like a blending of feelings. So the person doesn't even really know how they think, how they feel, what they want to do. They can feel one way while they're in my office, but they might walk out of my office and their partner might call them on the phone and maybe they were broken up. But the minute that the partner calls them, all the work we did goes out. So that's why I say we work on a plan where we say, okay, for right now, you can stay in the relationship, but like, let's start empowering you. Let's start working on your self-esteem, on your, on your individualism, on finding out who you really are. What are your needs in a relationship? What kind of a, a life do you want to have with your partner? Are your needs honesty, security, stability? Do those things exist? So kind of taking off um, the glasses that the person has and, and saying, this is not what you really want. And I think the hardest thing is, is something that you mentioned before. I don't know if Eric and, and Carlos, if you both mentioned it, where when you're in the relationship, it's really hard to confuse that toxicity for passion and love. And so the, the thought is, oh, I'm so in love. Nobody understands this love that we have. It's this different love it's this passionate love yeah it's a little messy yeah it's a little messed up but people just don't get it because they're not in it and so so having somebody even if you're a friend to somebody like that or you have a friend in that situation you could be the person that says why don't you kind of look at things in a different way and and start helping that person realize that it's a toxic relationship it's not something special and, and it, it's when you're when you're an outsider looking into those relationships, it, it's hard to convince that person to say, hey, dude, take a step back and look at what you're dealing with. Like, it, it's it, it's like telling a drug addict to stop. Yes. It's like it's like, dude, you you know, it's it's easier said than done when you're like, you know, I all you know, all three of us and all our friends, we're very blunt with each other, you know. And again, this isn't Eric. This isn't Gilbert. This was. Uh, an, another and definitely um, not you no i've never been in a relationship like that i've never Just, been in and that's what i'm saying no yeah and uh but i mean i i remember this was a former employee uh they were both employees and you know it was it, the kid became obsessed you know and then it, it got so bad that you know but but it was different they weren't both obsessed it was he was she wasn't you know, it was like, dude, we just started dating. Like, it's only been like a month or two. And he was obsessed with her. And I mean, it got, it got scary. It got scary where, I mean, I, I terminated both of them, you know, because it was constantly during work, it was happening all the time. And I'm like, dude, and I had actually sat down and talked with her and say, Hey, look, I think the best course of action is, is that, you know, that you leave or find another job, get away from them. 
and then or I'm going to make the decision for you because it is it is affecting your 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 work. And uh, but I mean, I used to spend three hours talking to the kid after work. Like we'd leave like at two or three in the morning, just because, like, dude, don't go to her house. Stay here. You know, go look. We're, we'll go to Taco Bell or McDonald's or something. Grab a burger and sit there and talk. You know, like I'd have to get him exhausted to where he'd rather go home than like, the, dude, she doesn't care for you like that. It's over, you know, and I've never seen anybody so obsessed or like he'd break down and like you'd see him grabbing his hair and, and didn't. And, and it was it was scary. I'm like, dude, this guy's either going to kill this girl or kill himself. And then luckily, you know, she ended up moving away. Uh, you know, he ended up I don't know where he ended up, but I mean, it was, you know, while we were having this conversation and talking about toxic relationships, like I said, I, I'm, I'm glad my friends have, I've never seen my friends go through something that dark, but having dealt with it as, and I think as a boss, I got way too involved because I was so concerned about this kid, but I was not only, I wasn't concerned for him, it's what he was going to do to himself or the girl. You know, so I'm like, I, I, I'm not a professional. I don't know. The only thing I could do is spend time with him until he got exhausted and mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't sleep. So it was easy for me to do that. And then like, you know, I tell him, dude, talk to your mom, talk to your grandparent, talk to somebody, you know, like I'll listen to you, but, but I, I'm not a professional, you know, like, and Did they ever show what song they liked, like what song they, they had on repeat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it was interesting, and it was uh, interesting hearing your perspective. Let's get to Gilbert before we we lose Gilbert. Oh, we haven't done this asshole yet. No, <laughs> this got this shit got serious. Oh, yeah, real, man. Uh, no, we get we Fucking went. Tiffany brings out the worst in everything. Uh, we we went we went full Rogan on this. We were like, good gosh, holy uh, shit! I forgot that we still. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, at least I have to, you know, no pressure. Um, <laughs> Eric, by the way, sorry about your uh, rest in peace to your make believe girlfriend, and hope uh, single life dad is uh, is as well. Bro, all right. So my first song is "Please Don't Leave Me" by Pink. Um, we talked a little a little bit last week how I love Pink. I think she's amazing. Uh, we all love Pink. Don't take all credit for Pink. We're all. I'm just saying. I think I love her more. I but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I I tend to be a pretty jovial guy, you know, and but I think. I think so. <laughs> did you just finger shoot I Eric? Just, I did. I did. I want to get in on this. I can't fucking help myself. All right. Anyway, but um, but um, one of the lyrics did that, that actually stood out from that song. Um, it was um, she, you know, to quote Pink. I thought you were gonna say she bangs. She I thought bangs. you were gonna break out into that song. So she. Uh, That's another good breakup song. <laughs> she bangs. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> That's the reason you hooked up with her in the first place, asshole. <laughs> well, consider who was singing the song. Hey, that guy's a national treasure. Don't you fuck uh, with Rick? Hey, Martin. he's Puerto Rican, bro. I love him yeah. for life. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, she bangs. He wasn't banging her. No. <laughs> All right. So she. Uh, so Pink sings. I can be so mean when I want to be. I'm. I am capable. Uh, capable of really anything. I can cut you into pieces. Uh, and then she writes. And then she sings. But my heart is broken. So it's like, you know, like, you know, as, as happy or whatever you can be. But then like, I, I know I've experienced that myself where I'm like, you know, I'm like, and I would cut D 
deep, deep, deep. And it's not because of anything she did. It was because of just my heart was broken. And so, you know, it's definitely out of character. So that song always kind of so, resonated. So you were, like, you, were, you were a lot like Iman. Fuck no, you. Yeah, no, I don't dude, in a way. Yeah. The relation, like there's, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever dealt with, but I, I, I had a girl that just brought out the worst in me. Like this person what? that I, I was, yeah. No. That, that I wasn't. And it's like, why am I acting like this? This is not me. I don't know. That shit's crazy, dude. No. Yeah. You? With it her? happened. <laughs> it happened. All right. So my second that uh, girl, song. That girl was special. She had powers, man. So my second song, Tears Dry On Their Own. And it's by the great, the late great Amy Winehouse. Um, I'm a huge fan of her, period. Um, I love her voice. I, Gross. Dude, she's fuck. bad as fuck, bro. No, like her period? like of, oh. Um, oh, my God. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, um. You know, obviously she was, you know, tragically, you know, taken, you know, not, well, not taken, I guess she did. She it to took herself. herself yeah. Yeah. yeah, she did it to herself, which was kind of, man, if you think about, like, they had a website dedicated to when she's going to die. Remember that? Like, a, like, yeah. it had a countdown. The so whole sad. So it was really sad, sad you know, and, now, and um, what was her shit? She just, she started drinking and then just got was, really into drugs. Like, yeah. well, I don't, I, I don't, I think it was more alcohol than drugs. She actually died from a, from, 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 from alcohol, not yeah. from not well, from drugs. Uh, did you hang out like with Pete Doherty, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you watch her documentary? No. I, 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 I seen a lot of it. it like the pressure from her family was so much. The dad she, was very, yeah. Oh, um, really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. isn't he like her biggest like benefactor too? Like, she I think was, so. Because I don't think she was ever was she ever married to Pete Doherty? I don't think no. they were ever married. No, no, no. yeah. But um, but yeah, she was an, she was just an immense talent. Her voice is incredible, um, and she's like to, from like you, you talk about singers like 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 Christina Aguilera, like these little petite girls that have these Monster powerful voices, voices. Right? and mm -hmm. and and Amy was like that. Um, and uh, one of her lyrics on on or one of the the, the verses, I guess, on that is uh, I don't I don't understand why do I stress the man when there's so many bigger things at hand. We couldn't have never had it all. We had to hit a wall. So this is the inevitable withdrawal. So he's like, look, we did everything. Like we, I'm out, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's great. I mean, like I said, I'm a huge, huge uh, Amy Winehouse fan. She has a so. fantastic catalog of music. And yeah. but the, so it's funny. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Cooper, but I think next to Adele, you know, Pink, Pink and Amy Winehouse have amazing breakup songs. Because Back to Black is also a great breakup yes. song. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Pink, I feel bad for Carrie Hart because every song is about every time he fucked up, she throws it in his face. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, but she's a fucking badass too. You know, like it's like she, you know, and if you ever watch her, if you've ever seen her live or, or you ever watch live concerts of her, she goes, you know, like she'll even say, this song's about my husband. And this is when he fucked yeah. up. Like it was like like how we did in the previous episode with with Mike's faux pas was this is the moment he realized he fucked <laughs> up. Yeah, you know. But it, it, it's you know you got the sad part about Amy Winehouse is you hear like her pain in her songs. Like it's she was just a dark, you know, she was in a dark hole. And when you watch the documentary, you realize, man, this poor girl got she did like. She couldn't escape the pressure and all that shit, and and like she was bound to blow up, you know, like yeah, not not. Well, she she's a she was in a very um, kind of like uh, 
not peculiar, but like kind of just a, a very specific part where she got Christian to be like the next one. Like Amy House, Amy Winehouse was like beloved by the pop things, like loved by the hip hop community. The like, Scott, like, the Scott community. Yes, Love man. She was just like just beloved by everybody so much. So, um, yeah, that pressure's got to be overwhelming, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, and and that being a person, she didn't even like performing in front of people. And you you would see her performance; she was always uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. She just that had this. Part of the, that it was part of the reason why she drank so much. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, they, you talk about musicians that that do that all the time. Like shit. Even sometimes, like if if I'm DJing, at, especially like a, at a new spot, like I always like have like a drink before I start DJing, just to kind of like calm the nerves a little bit, just to mm-hmm. like. Yeah, Gilbert, so. you're you're not a musician, man. I play other people's music. You 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 hit a button. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm oh, that's fucking with up. you. I I love you, man. That's I did go up. see him this weekend. I, oh, I, you did. I, so, and this is the moment he realized he <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> nah, man, um, I wish I could do what you do, man. So, um, so to my number three, uh, "So Sick" by Neo. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the whole song is about a, obviously about breaking up, and you know, like uh, just talking about hearing the, the songs on the radio and why can't 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 turn the radio off. But to me, the funnier part is that. Um, I think this song was like 2004, 2005, whatever. Um, so he he messaged, uh, gotta change my answering machine now that I'm alone. What the hell is an answering machine? Half the kids don't even know what the hell an answering machine is now anymore. <laughs> so people don't even leave voicemails anymore. So um, let alone, you know, but it's a cool song. It's a dope, a dope song. It actually really pushed Neo's album, that album, that his first album. Um, that was the, the really the song that, that stood out from all of that stuff. So. Um, number four, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Um, uh, Eileen, don't get excited. He took yeah. it before you did. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, I know it's been talked about a lot. It's, um, you know, a, a, a cover of a Prince song. Prince wrote it. A, guy that, we, a guy that we've never talked about on this Yeah, we, we don't talk about enough about him. So um, he originally recorded in 1984. Um, and then it was released by Sinead O'Connor in 1990. And... There's a there's a funny quote uh, I I have to pull it up but uh, about their relationship between Chris and Sinead O'Connor they did not get along at all like it was like kind of tumultuous and like I think they tried to record it together and she ended up leaving and it was like the whole thing behind it but it's great you you talk about like hearing the pain in in some of the songs like you could feel the pain from from her in that song um, and then um, Carlos How about I had, the video. Oh yeah, yeah, the video, that, the yeah. single, her singing, and it's it's all done in one shot, and yeah, just, and it's just her, it, uh, it's just, just like her and face, and, yeah. and that song, man, oh, that's yeah, nice. no, it, it, it's it, like uh, a lot, yeah, a, a lot like um, you know, you know, Whitney Houston talking about a amazing breakup song, uh, you know, she that she uh, what's the name of the song? I'm every woman. I will, no, I will, I will always love you. I will always love you. Oh, yeah, okay. that you know, and and then. You know, people forget that that was Dolly Parton's song. And we've said this on the podcast a bunch of times, but, you know, those artists that take a song and make it their own, it'll never be Prince's song, realistically. It'll never be. It's Sinead O'Connor's song. Well, I think um, after, you know, posthumously, well, actually, in 93, he released a uh, he released a version of it with a with a with a girl singer on it. Um, But then obviously, like posthumously, like I think it was like in in um, 2019, they released the version of like his version of it no. and there was like that video that surfaced on um on yeah. him in his basement playing the song as well yeah. um so i have a fun fact for you carlos no you and your and your and your and your your uh list of songs so this song was voted 
number 242 of the 1001 best songs of all time. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so she didn't crack the two, top 200, uh, but uh, but well, I here I got a fun fact for you. Oh, I'm going to oh, I'm going to oh, ping yeah. pong back. This Ooh. is not my fun fact. It, oddly enough that you that that we're talking about Prince. I just wanted to share this cuz I thought it was a great story. You know, you hear all these legends legendary stories about Prince. You know, like the making pancakes and playing basketball. And it's funny because they've collected so much in Hollywood of people that have hung out with him. And I heard one that was hilarious today. This was uh, Eddie Murphy on, on the Jimmy Fallon show. He said that it was three in the morning and then Eddie Murphy's chef was walking out of the house. And Eddie Murphy mentioned that just before that, about three houses down, Prince was renting a house and you know, it was cool. Oh shit. Prince is living three houses down. So his chef walks out at three in the morning and this purple limousine drives by. And then all of a sudden, like a hubcap flies off or falls out of the car and the chef picks it up and sees the Prince logo on it. And then the, the car comes to a screeching halt, brakes, comes back. And then Prince opens a window and tells the chef, could I have my hubcap back? And the guy hands him the hubcap and Prince leaves. So is it, did that guy, it's almost like... It, the they all, he had hubcaps. Yes. Monogrammed hubcaps. Well, not even rims. It wasn't recent. You know, it was like... But but the fact that the motherfucker came back for his hubcap, like... And, and then he said, you know, like, imagine the chef was like, oh, shit. You know, like, I got Prince's hubcap. I'm going to keep it. And he said that, that the guy slammed on the brakes, turned around in the middle of the street, and then Prince just rolled down the window. Could I have my hubcap back? So <laughs> it's like the legend that is this guy and all the crazy shit that he's done. But it, it's sorry. I don't, again, we we're totally going crazy, but uh, or off the topics. But it's yeah. How do you not tell a cool Prince story? Well, all, right. all right. So my last one: "Someone Like You" by the great Adele. Um, I think between her and Amy Winehouse are like the two most powerful voices. Like. That at least from this, like, you know, from the newer generation, right? Because you obviously had Whitney and you had, you know, uh, some great singers before, Mariah. Um, but um, Adele, I, I absolutely adore, you know. Um, so in this song, someone like skinny, you. Skinny Adele or Big Adele? I, I love them both. Right. Um, so I, I, what I loved about the song is just the simplicity of it. It's literally just a, the, you hear the piano. There's no drums. There's no bass. There's nothing. It's just a, the piano playing the chords. And um, so she starts a song. I heard that you've settled down, uh, that you found a girl and you're, and you're married now. I heard that all your dreams came true. Guess she gave you things that I couldn't, that I couldn't, that I didn't give to you. Right. And then along the thing, she talks about, I had hoped to see you, um, uh, my friend, and that you'd be reminded that for me, it's, it isn't over. So it's literally the, the heartache of having somebody that you were, were in love with and them clearly moving on and finding their happy life or whatever it is, but you're still, still holding on to that, like, you know, to that, that love and, and, and probably hope that, you know, you guys would get together and all that stuff. So um, I've always liked that song. It's, you know, again, it's just her voice is incredible. So that's one of the few songs that will make me tear up. 
it's you know, you, and I remember uh, the first time I heard it. Sorry, Carlos, I don't mean no, to no, cut no. you off, but the first time I heard it, she she actually so it was during um 21. So it, you know, I, I get I, most people know that she named her, all her songs, all her albums, excuse me, from the, t- the time that she recorded it. So she had 19 and 21 and 25 and all that stuff. So this the 21 album was the, the album that really broke her that was rolling in the deep and um and someone like you and she sang it on the Grammys, right? And then um and it was like the the first time I had heard her her just sing that songs, and literally it was just her standing there in the middle of the thing with just the piano, and it was, dude, like I'm look I'm getting chills now thinking about it. It was incredible. Her vocal performance is she's just beautiful. It's, that's amazing. So, hello um, from that album. Hello, awesome. Yeah, it was, that's that was 25. Yeah, that was from the, the yeah. It's incredible. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I like I'm a huge Adele fan. I love her and I love her voice. So you know, I'm I'm oh. I'm surprised that there's certain songs that like have been hitting me while we've been talking. I I'm shocked Eric didn't pick this, or maybe even you, Eileen. Probably one of the best and ultimate breakup songs is "You Ought to Know" by Alanis Morissette. Oh my gosh, I almost picked that one, but I thought these were more like these, yeah. these touched me. No. Oh, oh, why are you shaking your head, Eric? I, whatever, I don't think it's, it's not up there. I would I put, almost, uh, I, I, I would just, I think most women I would think it, I think it's really up there for women, for sure. It's for like women, one of those yeah. songs that you sing when you're really pissed off about them. Yeah, yeah, you're bitter. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, for that's something you probably caused. That's <laughs> it's like the, the, the Underwood one. Well, it, it kind of lost its luster when I found out it's about Uncle Joey. So it's, Uncle it's, Joey. <laughs> I saw it. It's not about Uncle Joey. It, everything's about Uncle Joey. Yeah. You Joey. know which song I almost picked? Jolene. That's a good that's one. A good, that's a great song. That's a good song. I almost picked that one because it's so another song that's just so um devastating. That and, is a, at oh. the time it came out too, yeah, like a woman playing that out loud, like that shit was pretty. Well, and, and it, it really happened to her, right? Wasn't I mean they, they, that was that was a true story, you know? I like, told um, I, I told the guys about um, Miley Cyrus does this amazing cover. Yes. Of, oh my gosh, she did such a great job with that song. And that's her. But that's I mean, her, her godmother. Dolly, but Miley Cyrus did kill it. Yeah. yeah, that's her. That's it's cool because that's her godmother. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool that she did that. You know? Yeah, and but th- yeah, there, there's a lot of great breakup songs, and then but you know, and I, I think we, I think everybody here collectively came up with a solid list. A lot of Adele, it was a lot of Adele. Yeah, man. I, I said I, I would have written eighty more lists. Technically, there was a lot of Pro Jam too. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, you know, it's funny because, like I said, I, w- I went back and forth. I like wrote a, I mean, it, those were just the ones that I texted them. By but like the songs that I've downloaded on my computer, just because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to write or what I wanted to add. Pink was one of the songs that I like, you know, because um, I mean, she has uh, what's the song that she sings about? It, I can't remember the. Get the party started. The lyrics right now, no, but the one where, where you know, uh, when Carrie Hart, there was rumors about him sleeping with a younger chick, and then she goes, you know, good luck while I'll be here while she's getting carted for beer, you know. Um, there's you in your hand. You in your hand, yeah. Yeah, uh, she has a ton of fucking songs about breaking up. 
kind of a lot of it directed at at uh at, at her husband uh, but still together right yeah i i don't think i don't think he, she'll ever let him go right i don't think it's a choice i think he's allowed to leave yeah i don't think it's a choice i like yeah i think oh okay now i'm gonna write 20 more songs about you and wait till you fucking get home you know i think that that's how his life is going the guy lives in fear you know and um but allegedly allegedly <laughs> like there there was another song i wanted to add but i added i added um I, I put it in a previous playlist, but uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, I Drink You Away. I love that song. And that's a great song about like, I can't fucking stop thinking about you. I can't even drink you away. Like that's a, but there's, there's I a, how I, many, do, I, I have, what? I said, I hadn't realized how many breakup songs Justin yeah. Timberlake. Well, what, one of the songs that I, that when I did the whole punk list, um, it's funny because there's a lot of debate about whether it's a breakup song or it's a song about addiction. And I said, what the fuck's the difference? It's a uh, pain from, uh, from uh, Jimmy world because he uses the, like the addiction to opiates as an addiction to the relationship he's in. And, or, but people think it's vice versa. Like it's, he's never talked about it. So there's a huge contingent that thinks, this song's about addiction and they're like no 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 it's a metaphor for a relationship so i thought that was an interesting song because people really don't know how to take it and then you know now you know validated by the statement that you made earlier is you know when you're in a position like that what's the difference it's right. it's, it's the same shit but so a fun fact is that even in a healthy breakup the stages of the breakup are the same as stages of grief. How is that a fun fact, Eileen? <laughs> how is that a fun fact? Here, fun fact. Sorry, you know, what I do and everything that I that I think is anything psychological to me is fun because I love what I do. So you, I guess another interesting fact. Like like you know what you just said? Hey guys, you want to hear something fun? Dying and mourning is the same as breaking up in a relationship. But it's interesting, I guess, because I say fun fact because it's what I do. And again, yeah. I love what I do. But an interesting fact. Um, so the stages of grief are the same as, sta as stages of loss. And when you break up with someone, it's a loss, not just of the person, but also of the relationship, which are two different things. And I think there's both of those deaths right so like it's the the death of like having the person in your life but also the actual relationship as like a third entity so those stages are denial which i think if we if we were to go through all these songs we could probably pick the stages so the the first stage is denial the second stage is anger the third stage is bargain bargaining which that basically means like oh if i would have done this maybe they would have wouldn't have left or if i could have done things a little differently then maybe we could have had a better relationship and they and we could have saved it the um one two three the fourth stage is depression and the last stage is acceptance but it's it's not a linear thing so you could vacillate between the different stages before you get to the place of acceptance uh, well two things that that's that's a great point because you you kind of you walk around an empty house after a death and a relationship and all you do is you know remember or have memories of, of things that happen two 
I did what you take did you take did you take the big word of the day from Gilbert? <laughs> you should have gave me a finger gun. Yeah. That's what you get for team. That's what you get for team. Yeah. Um, I, I lean vacillated all over you. <laughs> it feels I was dirty. a little bitter that Carlos took that away from me. That was a, that was a word bukkake all over your bitch. She's a vacillate, vacillate. And then she <laughs> I will, uh, Gilbert, what was this? I, you still need to explain the what. This is a clip that you need to uh, uh, Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know why it brings me, it brings me joy Eric's face every time. It's what it is, really. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, like the last, the only thing that you were missing was going like, like the, but, all right, this was an unexpected episode. I, I thought we were going to have fun and it just got depressing. But it was it was so inform it was I think I think guys, well, it was it was I, informative. I look hey, I think we could have helped people today. I think if people are gonna listen to this episode, I think they're gonna get something out of clearly the only one here that has a brain, which is Eileen. And, but well, I, I I thought it was informative because I didn't know that I think we're alone now was about killing somebody. I didn't know either. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I also didn't know. I mean, clearly it, so I also didn't know that Eileen was going to encourage Gilbert to go deep, uh, dive deeper in a dictionary, because now he's going to go to sleep with yeah, vacillate in his head. Well, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta Google it. Vacillate. I think you might use it in future yeah. podcasts. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, how did how did you figure out that word? Did you Google words to use at a fancy dinner? <laughs> I Googled words to use when I want to sound uh, smarter than Gilbert. That's a short. That's a short list. Gilbert was like, "How does she know I vacillated last night?" I mean, uh, <laughs> but, oh, that's awesome. but, uh, this this was a really fun episode. I mean, it was it, it was well the, our only adult episode that we've had so far. Thank you, Eileen, for adding a little class to to our podcast. Uh, I should have I I had songs about jerking off just to. Yeah, go. I was gonna say I think bring I some levity to this place. Or, 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 or invite Mike to sit on a block and go. I have an erection. I have an, I have an erection. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I think this was this was a good episode. I mean, it was very interesting. I um I. Eric, I love you, but I think you need to talk to somebody. I don't know how. You did. I think, I think we're alone now. I, I don't find the connection to murder. And anything could be a murder song if you let uh, it be. <laughs> Eileen, please help our friend. <laughs> but uh, no, Eileen, a million thanks for being on the show. Sorry, this was this was a long one. This is we, we went back to our. So much, and I'm sorry that it got serious, but yeah, it was no, it's talk about. It's important, and and I think I think you've learned something today, too, Eileen. You can't start a sentence with fun fact and then go deep into some dark shit because it's not a fun fact, Eileen. <laughs> oh, I need to I need to find a catchy phrase for these yeah, psychological. Don't, don't be Gilbert. Don't be Gilbert. And it's not cool to enjoy pain. Fascinating when fact. Is suffering. Yeah. It's only cool, it's not cool to enjoy pain when someone else is suffering, only if they ask for it, oh. or or pay for it. Yes, yeah. that might be another episode. No, I don't. I, how many songs are there about fucking masochism? No, I'm just talking about her statements at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, that's why you've been serious. You've been holding on to that since the beginning. No. Okay. What was it that I said? I don't even oh, remember. Don't worry about it. Just listen. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, tu- <laughs> tune in Thursday. Tune in yes. Thursday. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Speaking of the show. What? Oh, Eileen. Okay, so I was invited to be a guest on Miami Lounge Machine, a new improvised musical talk show. This is in person. So if you're in Miami and you want to check it out, it's uh, on February 20th at 8.30 p.m. at Villain Theater in Miami. You could go to www.villaintheater.com slash shows. Yeah, go figure. It's a musical show and they invite Eileen. February what? February what? 20th. 20th. 20th? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a Saturday. Cool. They invite the therapist. What, and where is this villain theater at? I never even heard of villain theater. Next to Good Guy Theater? It's an improv mostly theater. Cool. So what, what, what's what's the actual show? Like, what's it about? You just said it was a musical. I don't know that much about it. They, they contacted me today. And uh, I think they're going to have a panel of local of local um, community people. And it's um, Miami Lounge Machine. It's Priscilla Blanco and Janelli Santos. And so um, I really like the name, Miami Lounge Machine. Isn't Priscilla Blanco from Cocaine Cowboys? No, that's Griselda Blanco. Oh, what is that? I like it. It's in Little Haiti. Put it up closer again. She's holding up the flyer. That's where we're. I'm holding up. I, I thought that was the the girls that sang Chongalicious for a second. <laughs> so if you want to check me out in person, I'm really not sure exactly what I'm gonna be doing, but I'm sure I'll be talking about vacillating. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Everybody loves to vacillate. But uh, all right, and Eileen, you got anything? Else? How about your business? You want to plug your business? Um. Right. Just. Just, I would like to, mostly I put things on Instagram. So if you want to follow me at Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N dot my, M-Y dot therapist, T-H-E-R-A-P-I-S-T. Um, that would be great. It's actually T-H-E dot R-A-P-I-S-T. The rapist? The rapist. I, like that. <laughs> I let it slide last time without saying it, but let me just tell you, I do I, not like I can't take credit for that. That's an old Saturday Night Live joke. You know how many times I've heard that? Yeah, just and, like, and it's funny every like time. I mean, when you make comments like you did at the beginning of the show. Yeah, right? you're, you're the one that was talking about vacillating. We, like, <laughs> I've heard the rapist joke as many times as I've heard. You know what a, a girl with one leg is called? Eileen. Oh, I've never heard that one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. I gotta use that one. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Yeah. I've only heard the guy version of that one, Mike. Yeah, or Bob. No, that's when he's floating in the water. Right. Or or what's or Matt. 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 In the front door. Yeah. All right, Gilbert, where are you spinning at? Uh, I will be back at the wharf again this weekend. Uh, well, Thursday and Sunday wharf. Friday, downtown Dayland. Saturday, Hidden Gardens in Fort Lauderdale, Las Olas. Uh, and it's the Super Bowl, guys. Woo! I'm so, still, still waiting, still waiting. Superb Owl. Before the we. Superb Owl. The Super it's, Bowl. It's Friday in Ave Maria. Yep, 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 yep. Ooh. Yeah. Eric was there last week. It was indeed. I like that. Spot. There is space, there is social distancing, so you could, you, you, I was comfortable, and that's saying a lot. 
Okay. It's a good place just to come out and and be outdoors for a little while, man. And and actually to see people that are not in your usual circles. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's kind of nice. It's a nice place to vacillate. And they got and they got fire, they got fire croquetas here. Yeah. I wasn't too happy with the beers. God damn. Whatever. I I would kill for croqueta. Yo, they're croquetas. Why don't you why don't you guys fucking mail me croquetas and patelitos? When like fucking Eric sent that message. Oh, today's a great day for patelito de carne. I, I was the I look I googled pictures of patelito de carne. That's how fat I am. I was googling pictures to think Were you about. Vacillating when you saw him. I vacillated all over the place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna I'm gonna Venmo you guys money so you could mail me patelitos. But uh, <clears throat> I actually had a dream that there was a um bodega get together in Miami. Uh, to from your mouth to God's ears. We're planning. We're, well, we're well. Let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, that'll be. Oh I'll, gosh, I'll, did I actually dream something that may come true? Oh, I thought wow. you were. I thought you were dreaming about vacillating. I was excited, and then you started talking <laughs> about Bodega. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Are we going to call this a wrap? Well, Do the it. celebration of oh. Black History Month began as Negro History Week, which was created in 1926 by Carter G. Woodson, a noted African-American historian, scholar, educator, and publisher. It became a month-long celebration in 1976. The month was chosen to coincide with the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. Um, I, that's going to be my fat for the week, and it, it will continue to be for the month of February. Today is February 1st. That's good. Yeah, yes, it is. They, and it's fun. I, I even wrote it on my notes to mention Black History. Thank you, Eric, for, for bringing it up. Um, all right, hold on. I'm gonna take. I usually, I, it's. I've been missing out on taking pictures, but. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me fix my hair. I, I. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You gotta add vacillate to your hair. Uh, Should, okay. Shouldn't, shouldn't we just stop recording and then? No, no. Let Let's torture people with this. <laughs> I mean, we've already been on for two hours. But there you. Go. <laughs> All right. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. Eric, 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 put it on again. Oh, God oh damn it. Gosh. That is so awesome. It's so not good. Enough, not enough unicorn. I'm right? actually, I'm going to put this picture up and I'm going to say with special guest Eileen and I'm going to put that as the. All right. Uh, all right, guys, as as always, this is my favorite part of the week. Got it? Yeah. No, Eric, I didn't. Keep it on. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my favorite part of the week is catching up with my friends. And uh, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, so we're out. Oh, wait, Later, I want to give a shout out. Oh, give a shout out. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to give out a shout out to Cindy Lopper, who has two of my favorite songs that were not on this playlist. When you were mine, which was written by Prince, and Time After Time. Ooh, those are good. You got ones. your extra songs. I'm getting mine, bitches. That's those good. are good ones. That's good. All right, guys, it's a, uh, it's been a long one. Everybody, you know, lay down in bed and vacillate and enjoy the rest of your night. Wow. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye. Right. Thank you so much, Eileen.